All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll be recapping the NBA Finals as the Milwaukee Bucks finished off the Phoenix Suns in six games to claim their first NBA championship in 50 years. We'll react to Giannis Antetokounmpo in the Bucks' historic, long-awaited title and more from this series. Before discussing Colin Morikawa's big win at the 2021 Open Championship this past weekend, already the second major victory in his young career, we'll talk about his performance and more from Royal St. George's Golf Club. We'll also talk about the NHL expansion draft. The Seattle Kraken are set for their debut season, and it kicked off Wednesday as they poach players from around the league to form their initial roster. We'll talk about some of the players on our teams that were left unprotected and some of the more noteworthy players that are going to Seattle to start that new franchise's season. Finally, we'll answer five questions on COVID cases at the Olympics. Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos's recent trips into space, vanilla ice cream, and more. So with that, let's get started. after a week off i had a nice vacation at the beach but we did end up missing out on some sports topics because of that i do think that we have some good ones to talk about this week though uh before we do get into it i do have a quick um exercise for you so pretty simple spell heliconius can i have the definition Heliconius, according to Wikipedia, Heliconius comprises a colorful and widespread genus of brush-footed butterflies, commonly known as the long wings or heliconians. Can you use it in a sentence? Like, how do you... No, I'm just joking. It's a butterfly. H-E-L-L-A-C-O-N-I-O-U-S. Ding. Heliconius, H-E-L-I-C-O-N-I-U-S. Was I even close? No, you had like 15 extra letters. We were in Smoky Bones, which is like like a bar restaurant that's close to our hometown. And we're watching the Scripps National Spelling Bee at the same time as game two of the NBA Finals. And this word heliconius flashes on the screen and Brian's just sitting there at the table just goes, if you pronounce that word, I bet you I could spell it as he's seeing the spelling on the screen. And then I was like, all right, I'll test this out two weeks later. Not even close. I thought there was a chance that you'd actually get it. And then as soon as you put that second L, I was like, oh God, it just went off the rails. H-E-L-I-C-O-N-I-O-U-S. 
No, oh, it's just the U.S. Ah, Jesus. You're yeah, you, you know what? That. You're right. You got me. <laughs> it's so much yeah. easier when it's right there. Like, oh, just, pro- just pronounce it like yeah, that. Yeah, right? It's when it's it's sitting in front of you. You're like, yeah. I could probably spell oh, that. I could spell that. <laughs> it's like, like, I, was yeah. Yeah. I, I, I knew, spell that word I knew where I that see. was going once I was spelling <laughs> it out. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're going to tell the story about how oh, I could uh, spell this word. The, yeah. the winning word was literally the the word Murray with the letter A at the end. Yeah, like, like the last yeah. name Murray, but with with an A. I don't. I still don't know how it's it's spelled. I thought that was her name for the longest time. I was like, this yeah, everyone said it was her name. Like, no, that's the word. And then all of a sudden, yeah. when everyone found out it was, it was the actual winning word. Everyone's like, oh well, you didn't think that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did think that. At I first. know you were the one who. Yeah, you were the one who said that. Um, you know, her the who won Zayla Avant Garde. So she's like a basketball prodigy. Have you seen her highlights? I, I, I have seen it. Yeah, she's this, she, would, she's she would smoke me in yeah. One on one. Like this is like a fourteen year old girl. Like I read that she's a basketball prodigy with like WNBA aspirations, and I saw her actually play. These are sixth and seventh grade. Like she's gonna be a star. Yeah, I can't wait to hate her in four years when she goes to UConn at Chino Oriyama. Oh, same. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, or she's gonna stay in state and go play for uh, Kim Mulkey at LSU, and I don't know if that's that much better. But yeah, that's that's really cool. Good for uh, Zayla. I know this was a couple weeks ago, but I did want to bring that up since it's our first podcast since then. So, uh, and then I guess one other thing I will say: congrats on Italy winning the Euro twenty twenty. You nailed it one to one. Nailed on the prediction one to one, and England blowing it in penalty kicks. Yep. Yeah absolutely so i'll give you a shout out on that but with that let's get in and talk about the big storyline of this week speaking of nailing predictions not only did i say bucks in six even after they lost game one coming into the season i predicted the bucks to win the nba finals and wouldn't you know after falling behind two nothing they went four in a row behind the amazing play of Giannis Antetokounmpo for the first time in 50 years in Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions yeah good call by both of us but obviously you because you actually got the winner right so congrats on getting it right <laughs> yeah this is uh it was a fun series I think that I know like you were rooting for Phoenix but I think both of us so, talked about this we so, were fine with whatever outcome exactly as long as it was a great series exactly. I was on I don't know if I was on record here or just with you in person at Smoky Bones but I was on record with you saying that, I mean, if the Suns lose, like I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. Oh, over it. I, I'm fine with Giannis winning it, of course, and and it's great for the NBA that he won. I think it's awesome and for him, of course, for the NBA. I mean, Giannis is such a likable player. He might be the most likable superstar in the league at this point. I I was actually gonna go further with that, not just in the league, probably in sports. That might be too really? far, but I I I love Giannis. He's awesome. Out of anyone in sports, I think it's. I, I think it, I mean recency bias, of course, but I think yeah. he's one of the most likable, if not the most likable, superstar in sports. He has always like had this draw to me. I think as soon as he came into the league, this whole idea of like this Greek freak, uh, I think that just had a lot of appeal. I remember in um, NBA 2K15, so it was only a second year in the league. I drafted him, and like I used to love doing fantasy drafts, and I I loved playing with him. That was way before any of that potential it was all untapped was ever reached it was before anyone knew that he would be like a consistent all-star let alone a superstar player and I, I just loved watching him play in real life because of that and I just became a huge fan of him 
and look, it's I think it's like an easy thing for anybody to say now, like, oh, we love Giannis. It's so cool watching him win a championship. But for the past couple seasons, with Milwaukee being a one seed, like I was genuinely rooting for them to win. I wasn't just rooting against the Lakers or rooting against you know the Warriors or whatever. Like when they beat the Celtics in 2019, you know, obviously I won the Celtics to win that series, but I wasn't distraught over them losing to the Bucks of all teams. They deserve to win that series. Oh, absolutely. I mean, after blowing game one the way they did, it felt like, oh, wow, this is going to be like real heartbreak for Milwaukee. And then they go off and they win four in a row and just they make, they basically helped chase Kyrie Irving out of town in Boston with that series. And uh, it, it was, you know, I, I liked. Kawhi Leonard for similar reasons so it was like whatever that Toronto ended up winning but I much would have rather seen Milwaukee and then last year in the bubble I was all in on Milwaukee and it was like to the point where I was actually upset that they just got blown out by the heat like they did I, I really wanted to see Giannis win I was very happy when he did end up signing an extension with the Bucks in the offseason and I'm glad that it all paid off because now we have this homegrown superstar winning a championship in the NBA something that it feels like it's been forever since that's happened yeah it's huge that he stayed in a small market team the team that gave him a chance and I feel like that gives other smaller market teams some hope I mean not that any other team that has a Giannis on their team but at least it gives them the idea like hey you don't need a super team to win it all and not only that but Giannis is a he's a player that plays under the rim he's not a shooter he's not a pure shooter like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant and other guys he's not a pure shooter he has no three-point shot to it yeah it's like it's almost like luck when it falls sometimes yeah so him winning with his skill set just makes it even better and and then he went 17 for 19 from the free throw line yesterday so even prove those doubters wrong about his free throws yeah, that was awesome. He scored 50 points in uh, the clinching effort. Seventh player to ever score 50 points in a finals game. I was hoping he would make that last one to get to 51 because that would have passed Bob Pettit, who had 50 in 1958, game six against the Celtics or the St. Louis Hawks. That's the most ever in a clinching game. Elgin Baylor, 61, and then a few others have gone over 50, including Michael Jordan and LeBron James. But I do think that it was kind of nice for him to to stay with that exactly 50 point. Uh, have you seen, I, I assume you saw some of the press conferences that he did last night. Have you seen his Instagram live videos that have been yeah, shared? Yeah, he went to today? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, <laughs> and he ordered a 50-piece chicken nugget, not 51. Not 49. 50, not 49, exactly 50. I, I thought that was great. And I was like, all right, you know, I guess, I don't think that he intentionally missed that last free throw. The fact that he was, what, 16 for 18 before that, whatever it was, is pretty incredible. Uh, it makes sense that he would have missed that one, but it was a really solid performance from him last night. And he's definitely been fun to uh, to watch enjoy his championship in the, the 24-ish hours since then. I mean, he's he's such an easy guy to root for. It, I feel like he's just so different compared to all other the all the other superstars in the league. Just his humility. I mean, the dude was selling necklaces ten years ago in yeah. Athens, and now I he's know. an NBA champion. And his yeah, his background is pretty crazy. He's the the son of uh, Nigerian immigrants, and in Greece they have some kind of citizenship rule that basically he was not a Nigerian citizen because he was born in Greece, but he also wasn't a Greek citizen because his parents were immigrants. So he just didn't have a citizenship, and because his parents are immigrants, it was difficult for them to get jobs. So this is just like one of those ultimate like rags to riches, achieving the American dream by coming over here. There's a 
tweet that's been going viral where he had a smoothie for the first time back in 2014. It was like, God bless America in all caps. Uh, he's, he's definitely someone who he came from very humble beginnings, and it's, it's awesome to see what he's been able to achieve as a basketball player, and now he finally gets that championship that's eluded him for the past few years. Yeah, and again, it's great for the league, and it was refreshing to see this matchup with the Bucks and the Suns. Now, I know it wasn't as buzzworthy as having two, the two best teams in the league come together, two super teams, especially without LeBron, but I was kind of getting sick of that, and I was it was refreshing to see this matchup and then seeing a guy like Giannis uh, win his first title. Yeah, definitely refreshing. It's it's awesome when you see these superstars. You have Giannis in Milwaukee, and then Devin Booker in Phoenix, who is a guy who was drafted by the Suns. Very similar spot, late lottery for Booker, and they just have come out and they have exceeded expectations. And they've, I guess, Booker hasn't been around long enough to uh, get that second extension that Giannis just got last offseason. But he's he's stuck with this team, and they both were built in like the right way. And I know that Milwaukee traded for Drew Holiday, Phoenix traded for Chris Paul, but if you look at a lot of the other players on those rosters, they're they were drafted by the team or they were like, you know, low cost free agent additions, guys who were seen to be over the hill. You look at Milwaukee with with Brooke they, Lopez. They, got, they and, have one clear superstar and then yeah, Middleton and Holiday. Chris Middleton, yeah, they, Drew Holiday. Had, they're they're not they're, great players, but they're they're good they're all-star, all-star caliber, caliber players. Yeah. yeah, but they're not they're not superstars. And right. In the case of it's Chris just, Middleton, I'm pretty sure they got him from Detroit in like a nothing trade. And I think it was for Brandon Jennings. Yeah, that sure. sounds or right. Or Brandon and Knight. Brandon Jennings. One of Brandon them. Knight. Yeah. Brandon Jennings, Bucks and Six guy. Uh, yeah, and they they turned themselves into uh superstars together, Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo as as a duo, very much Giannis and then Middleton being like the Robin to him. But they're they're one of the best duos in the league and Chris Middleton, he's an all-star caliber player. He's kind of that fringe top 20 guy, but he's not someone who like came in, demanded a trade, signed in free agency, like these like two guys teaming up to be to form a super team. So I yeah, think that's, that's a, really that's cool. The, that's the And Phoenix is similar thing. with DeAndre. That's the likable thing about Middleton is that not only is he uh a great scorer, but he's also someone that has a good demeanor. I just I mean, he 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 wasn't really that great yesterday. I mean, it was all about Giannis yesterday. Yeah. I mean, and then same thing with Drew Holiday. Where so Chris Middleton, he had a great game four, but he was kind of whatever. And yesterday in game six, and then Drew Holiday was amazing in game five, and then yesterday he was also not, not that great. We're four yeah, for four 19. for nineteen. Yeah, not great. He had, he had eleven assists. He, he had good a double double. De- good defensive but... plays. He had yep. the biggest play of game five. Yeah, so, still still an unreal play to think about with that steal and then throwing the lob up to Giannis. You caught it like behind the backboard and still and even though it, it was Chris Paul that pushed him, that play was still impressive all, all yep. around. Like yep. the the steal, the pass, and and the dunk. Yeah, that was that was really awesome. Uh, I guess speaking of Chris Paul, what do you, what, how does this affect his legacy for you coming I mean, up I short don't, in the finals? I mean, I don't. I mean, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer still, and I don't. I never thought he was in that class of like magic or anything like that. I mean, yeah, it it stinks that he didn't win, and people probably crap on him for it. I mean, he, I mean that that turnover in Game Four was definitely the worst, where he just he, straight up falls down. Yeah, he. So it's a it's a little he bit of a knock, really but well. It's not, yeah, he played really well when the Suns won, but he was a big part of the reason why the Suns lost a few of these games. So I do think he's gonna take some heat for that. Uh, 
I don't know if I'm fully on board with him being a first ballot Hall of Famer, given that he's played in one. I mean, NBA I don't know how the NBA. Com- wants yeah, to. I mean, I guess we'll see. It's uh, it. I do think he'll be a Hall of Famer. I do understand him being up there in terms of some of the better point guards to ever play in the league. But I agree, like he's definitely going to be viewed in a lower tier than a guy like Magic Johnson because he's he hasn't had that. Uh, team success and even the individual success has been somewhat limited in the sense that I don't think he's won an MVP. So can he? Uh, can he opt out? Yeah, he this? can. He he is a um, player option for this year. So I can totally see him opting out and then getting a call from the Lakers to play with his buddy LeBron. Yeah, and then add, and have their own big three since it's really just the two of them and LeBron and AD. Yeah, that's definitely been thrown out there, and I, I think he would kind of become a villain at that point if he did end up signing with the Lakers I do expect him to opt out I would not be shocked if he returns to Phoenix on a longer deal Uh, the Knicks are certainly a team that are gonna pursue him it seems like Chris Paul to the Knicks has been a something their fans have been hoping for for a very long time but he's certainly earned himself another payday which feels crazy to think about two years ago when it took four first round picks for the Rockets to get him off their roster yeah he's earned it but at the same time yeah they're is a little bit of a knock on him be, not being clutch and a little bit of a choker. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of harsh, but that, that turnover in game four was brutal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that cost him that game. Yeah. I, I do think he has more chances to get back to the finals. I think the Suns have more chances. Like I know that the West is going to be tougher next year. Like they had a solid path given that a lot of the the big teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets had injury concerns, not even counting the Warriors who were without Klay Thompson in theory he'll finally be back and playing at a, an all-star caliber level again. I don't know about that. He's been out two years. He has been out he's two gonna years. He's going to be super rusty when he gets back. I'm sure. but If he gets back, third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. I The West is still going to be tough, but I don't think Phoenix is going away. I think Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are going to continue to, to grow and mature together. Michael Bridges is awesome. I, I think after the Lakers and the Warriors, they probably deserve to be the third, the third. favorite of the, of the Western Conference. I would put them ahead of the Clippers if Chris Paul comes back. If he yeah, leaves, that, that's and, what I, that's what I mean. If if, yeah. if he comes back, I would put them ahead of the Clippers. I think it depends how they replace him. But if they could go out and get like a Dennis Schroeder or someone else um, of that kind of like middle caliber, I think they could still kind of keep it going. To that me, sounds like Suns a Knicks kind of move. They're where going their be, expectation yeah. is Lillard, but their <laughs> yeah. reality is Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, the uh, the Suns are definitely going to be a free agent destination for guys like Jay Crowder, who someone who can be a big um, player on a championship roster. So I think that they're going to continue to get guys of that caliber, even if they you know lose out on retaining Chris Paul. A uh, couple more points I have. So one, the so the Bucks clinching on home court. I think that's awesome, especially given that there are so many fans. I went back and thought about it. It really hasn't happened a ton, but if you if you look at 2021, so you had the Bucks won the Super Bowl at home, and then you had the Lightning just clinch the Stanley Cup at home. Before that, obviously, no team had ever hosted a Super Bowl, uh, let alone won it in their own home stadium. So, 2017 Warriors were the last team in the NBA. 2015 Blackhawks were the last team in the NHL. And then baseball, which we'll see what happens this year, hasn't happened since the 2013 Red Sox. I was so. going to guess all three of those too. So yeah, that, I think it's I think it's cool it. seeing teams like now that fans are finally back, seeing fans of the home team 
just going crazy watching their team win a championship. It's so much more fun, especially if you don't really care. Uh, obviously, fans of the team they don't care where they clinch it as long as they do. But if you're if you're watching it at home, it is so much cooler seeing the fans celebrate with the team rather than like you know reluctantly cheering and enjoying the the trophy, wishing that it was their team that had actually won it. So I think it's actually I mean we kind of disagree with this, but I I actually think it's really cool when it happens on the road. But at the same time, if it hasn't happened that long at home in all those sports, then yeah, it's good. It's a good mix. And it you is know crazy thing, how rarely it happens at home. And you know another thing. If if it happened, let's say it won seven games and the Bucks won there, don't you think it would have been nice to see all those fake Suns fans <laughs> just cry over them losing? I, that's not a real fan base. That, that's one thing that irked me about this series. Like they're that, paid actors. Like, like they they act like it. The, when Giannis was doing his free throws, there was this dude who was like counting hundred dollar <laughs> bills. It's just like who the hell's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that, why that, ABC. That's gave the one them thing that, uh, even though I, <laughs> even though I like the Suns this year, that's the one thing that irked me is that their fans. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how real they are when, I, when I, you see something like that. I just couldn't get behind the Suns, which is it's crazy because they beat the Lakers in the first round. I was I loved that, and then after that, just like. I feel like everyone was just too high on them. You had no, the whole I agree, and, and I'm, I'm part of that. I was just being wild. Uh, yeah, right? I'll admit. I mean, like you said, we said at the beginning, I didn't really care who won, but yeah, was I leaning Suns? Yeah, because I was and on a, a bandwagon. A but I will say, as the series went on, I'll admit mm-hmm. I was persuaded a little bit more towards the Bucks for yeah. not just because Giannis is just the man, but also because Suns fans little, <laughs> they're little, a lot. little annoying, little yeah. annoying. I mean, when were you, you get rooting those, for Milwaukee last night? Or are you um, still on Phoenix? So the thing is, my biggest rooting interest is a good series. So yeah. seven game seven, last minute of a game, tie game, I'll admit that <laughs> I root for that kind of stuff. Uh, as much drama as possible. So was I I mean, I was so I was still rooting for the Suns a little bit because they were the team that was behind three to two. Yeah. That makes but at sense. the same time, like I don't really care. I'm uh-huh. I, I was it was so nice to see Giannis win and the emotions that he had at the end so at, at at the end of the day it didn't really matter for me yeah i mean i i think that's a fair take and honestly six game series versus seven game series not like that's, that's a that, huge drop that's off. true too especially since they were down two nothing as well mm-hmm. and it's they were good games like game three was a blowout i, I know game one and two like phoenix one and not game handily, four they, game four five and six were much better yeah, than all the first awesome three. back and forth games yeah so. even though the bucks won all three of those games those mm-hmm three were much better than the first three games yep and i mean i i felt like it was over anyway as well in game six even though they were leading at halftime i mean i actually i thought it was over when it was when it was announced that scott foster was going to be the ref because chris yeah. paul in playoff games one and 12 uh so his against, team against is the one spread and, 12. and straight up 12 when scott and Fo- when scott foster is the ref against uh, the spread too wow yeah against the spread and straight up yeah. You know when it, you know when but, it was over. I take it back. It, this is stealing. <laughs> this is stealing Ben's take. So give credit okay. to him for saying it. But it was over when Giannis was being interviewed in a press conference about uh, why are you taking these taking time off these games in the first quarter. And it's, be, it's what you call a tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, when you're just toying with the team like that because you have a tinkle, then yeah, you're probably. Taking You're back probably gonna win. game. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. Um, yeah, I, I think that 
when when they cut it two two, it definitely felt like things were swinging in Milwaukee's favor. Uh, but I, I wasn't totally convinced, especially when the Phoenix went up huge in Game Five. But as as soon as they won Game Five, it, yeah, one, it once, felt inevitable that they were one, once they off. won Game Five. Yeah, I thought I thought it was over then. What was funny is that after that game, there was a press conference. I watched the Booker and Chris Paul, and some dumb reporter asked them, "Hey, Devin, how how uh how heartbroken or how gutted are you for Chris Paul losing?" Like. And then, and then Devin Booker <laughs> yeah. just goes, next question. He didn't yeah. even answer the question. Yeah, I Might as well just ask that. him, like, hey, Devin, is game six a, a must-win game? Or <laughs> uh, uh, just reporters just ask dumb questions. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i trying to find the um, the actual article here. But I this is my, my last point on uh, the NBA Finals. So NBC Sports Boston, some account tweeted out uh, – an article about how Danny Ainge scouted Giannis and almost drafted him. Just another almost Danny, almost uh, so on. close, so close. <laughs> like the ultimate one, like yeah, I almost drafted him eight years ago, but I took Kelly Olynyk instead. Well, they had the 16th pick, and they no, took... they had the 13th pick. Giannis went 15. No, they took it... Kelly Olynyk. No, they had the 16th pick, and then they traded it for Kelly Olynyk. I remember because oh, really? the guy they took after Giannis. Uh-huh. I think it was like Lucas Nagori or Nick or whatever his name was. Yeah. Nicaragua. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. uh, he he had a Celtics familiar. hat on and this giant afro. And then all of a sudden after the that pick, it was it was announced immediately afterwards that he was traded in like a three-way trade for a Linux as well. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, it wasn't, I mean, yeah. you, you won't find a picture of Kelly Olenek going up on the stage and taking a, a picture with Adam Silver or um, David Stern in a, in Celtics gear. Okay, so that that makes trade. sense. Yeah, I guess I guess I never really put two and two together to figure out how that would have played out, but that that does make sense. Who knows? Now, maybe so. they already set up that trade beforehand, and maybe mm-hmm. Ainge said like, "Hey, we want a Linux." I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Instead of Giannis, no yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's usually how it works is that the team is I mean they're drafting for the other team at that point. So I guess he could have had his choice in some ways. Um <laughs> regardless, it's uh, obviously did not happen and it's not worth dwelling on all the guys that the Celtics almost could have had. So I mean, I've already said before that if if they got all the guys that they almost could have got, Nicole Nikola Vucevic would be a, a healthy scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really loaded roster. All right, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's talk some golf. The Open Championship was this past weekend, Royal St. George's Golf Club in Sandwich, England, and Colin Morikawa wins 15 under, his second major championship already. I believe he's only 24 years old. Yeah, that's 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 nuts. He's only the uh, second golfer to ever win both the PGA Championship and the Open Championship before his 25th birthday. Who's the other? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, yeah. And That's... another fun fact about Colin Morikawa. So Tiger went to Stanford. Mar- Morikawa went Morikawa to Cal. Morikawa went to Cal, yeah. Yeah, so they had that nice little rivalry, but another kind of connection together. Yeah, so. I, I'm not, I was not surprised when he won his first major. I, I, I love them coming into the PGA Championship last year, just given that that Harding Park was a perfect course fit for him and it was minutes away from Cal. So he had more, he had a better, he was as good of a course fit and more course knowledge than anyone uh, in the tournament at, at, at that tournament. So I liked them a lot coming in 
to that major, but in the open, I mean, yeah, I like him every week because he's that good. But it was his first ever open championship appearance of Link's his first golf. ever time and playing Link's golf. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that that's impressive. That's even more impressive than his first one. Yeah, it's the the first player to win his um, open debut since two thousand three. So. Pretty incredible. Uh, great performance from Morikawa. He came into Sunday down a stroke to Louis Oosthuizen in the final pairing, and he ended up shooting him four under, one of the best scores yeah, of the and, day. So. And then Oosthuizen finished his typical top five. I mean, he has one major. Yeah. He won the Open about a dozen Tied years third. about a dozen years ago, but he he's, he has a dozens of second, third, and fourth, fifth place finishes as well. So that's that's got to be crushing for him. Yeah, especially when you look at the top three guys in the leaderboard all shooting four under, and then he shot a plus one. Exactly. So really, really crumbled on Sunday. So one thing I do want to say before getting too deep into this analysis, I love how not only do they, like the, the British, you know, UK, they say it's not the British Open, it's just the Open. It's the Open Championship. It's the one and only one. Like, respect for that. And even more respect, I didn't know about this until this weekend. They call the winner the champion golfer of the year. Yeah, champion golfer of the year. It's, that's, it's, that's it's a cool way awesome. of saying it too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, right? I love I love it. Like huge respect to them for just saying, nope, this is the only tournament that matters. This is the open and the winner is the best golfer of the year. The so champion. You don't, you don't golfer think of the it's year. obnoxious? You don't think it's like the Ohio State? Oh, it very much is the same kind of thing, but I I I, I enjoy it enough. Like I'll, I'll give England this. They took a tough loss in the uh, euro final i'll let them have their uh their moment where they they pretend like golf is their I, sport i called it i've called it the british open for so long but past few years i've i've called it the open. oh i always call it the open i've been trained uh because if you call it the british open i feel like that's a casual thing to say it's the yeah open. That, that's that's the open it's kind of the reason why i do call it the open yeah now since i definitely uh, am a bigger golf fan than i was when when i was like younger so, yeah, Colin Morikawa wins at 1,500. Jordan Spieth was right up there, 1,300. He ended up finishing in second place. And, uh, he's he's still waiting on that that uh, elusive, what, fourth major, fifth major now after winning so fourth. many. So he, he has three in. majors, and the only one he hasn't won is the PGA Championship. He's won the other yeah. three majors, though. He's, he's coming into his own. It feels like he's had a lot of uh, tournaments this year, especially big ones where we've seen him at the top. Does it? Do you think it's only a matter of time before he breaks yeah, out? Yeah, I, I think it's only a matter of time because ever since the Waste Management Open, I know it's a dumb name for a tournament, but ever since then, he's been either in or near the top 10 in pretty much every tournament except the, the Players' Championship. But even when he was at his best in 2015 or so, I mean, he he's never played well at TPC Sawgrass at that course uh, in that tournament. So I take that one out anyway. So other than that tournament, he's been basically at the top of the leaderboard every single time. So yeah, at some point, I mean, there are no more majors this year, but uh, I'd imagine he'll win another one next year. And who knows what he'll do in the FedEx Cup playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the tough part of it is that he's played well, but then you don't have another major for, what, nine months until the Masters? Which I don't love that they moved the PGA up to May. I liked when they had it in August, had everything space out a little. Or I guess now they have the players in March, but I like yeah, the, they have the players in August March. instead of March I, to... I do. I actually do like the move, but I will say the one drawback is that yeah, we don't have another major for until April of next year. I, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of wish that there was another one, but whatever. We do have the Olympics coming up. It's kind of a sixth major this year. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to treat it that way, 
Yeah. Um, and then you do get the Ryder Cup this year, which is always a fun year. So yeah, exactly. Um, so Brooks Kepka shot five under on Sunday. So did Bryson DeChambeau, but uh, yeah, neither of them I'm, were that great in the first three days. Particularly Bryson, uh, really yeah. struggling to even just make the cut. Well, I'm not. I, I actually I was surprised that he did make the cut because his skill set does not match open championship link style golf. Whatsoever. Yeah, what so exactly I was actually does surprised. Lynx golf mean? Like, what does that mean? Oh, it's. I mean, like if you look at the course with like all the bunkers, like how there's how they're set up. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, so why is it called links? I I don't know. I'm not you the biggest. It, it's all about the bunker setup. Though? Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what it yeah. means. Okay. Is that is that only like a like a British golf course thing? Yeah, it, it's it's really. I mean, it's a little bit of America thing, but it's it's mostly a European thing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I've I've been wondering that, but I forgot to actually look it up what it means. So. Um, but yeah, like when it comes to Bryson, like yeah, he didn't have a good week, and and it's like not just on the golf course, but he also had that thing with his interview after the first round that wasn't great. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm on record saying that I'm a big fan of him. I love that he's different and he's driven to be the best golfer possible. He's really fun to watch, but yeah, I wasn't a fan of what he said about the Cobra driver. I don't know if you heard about that. His driver. Yeah, well, yeah, I, 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 w- I heard about it because Brooks went out of his way to say how much he loved his driver the next day. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> which was pretty funny as, as yeah. well. But but yeah, like, he, Bryson definitely needs to work on his self-awareness. He definitely has... It, it wasn't a great comment, and so he got a lot of criticism for it, which was deserved, and he, he brings it on himself. But at the same time, I think it's gone a little bit too far of late because I don't know. Like when when you watch when you watch sports, golf, football, basketball, whatever, you have teams that you root for and players that you root for, and naturally you're gonna have teams and players that you root against. And I feel like in golf, Bryson's the only one worth tuning into to hate. Because if you were to yeah. ask me who oh, the absolutely. most who the most hated guys on, on tour are, it's I would say it's Bryson, Brooks, and Reed. And Brooks probably surprised you because 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 you're a fan I mean, of him, but no, I, I totally think, understand that. Yeah, like, I mean, he has that he has that cocky, too cool for school attitude, uh-huh. and but at the same time, he's taking advantage of this the Bry- Bryson his rivalry with Bryson, and so he comes off as the good guy, and because he's a big bar barstool guy, every, a lot of people like him because of that as well, and then when it becomes when it comes to Patrick Reed, if he's not in a cheating controversy or if he's not the top of the leaderboard, he's an afterthought. So the only one worth rooting against to hate is Bryson because he's a story no matter what happens. He's a story if he wins, contends, or if he falls flat on his face. And yeah, so, I mean, he's always been in the discussion with these tournaments. I mean, he won the U.S. Open last yeah. year, and then ever since, he's really disappointed in every major. Yeah, so. I mean, or I mean, he's contended in... He contended it for another U.S. Open, but then all of a sudden that last round was not the back nine. Yeah, you're right. He did great. kind of collapse down yeah. the stretch. That's that's uh, fair to say. So I mean, yeah, it, he takes a lot of pride in his golf game. I mean, remember, remember when Giannis was interviewed about like his humility, and he talked about, well, if if you talk about your past, it's your ego, and if you talk about your future, it's your pride. I feel like Bryson does his his pride for golf in his golf game rubs people the wrong way because he talks about how it's this multi-dimensional variable 
complex game when pe- the regular average Joe looks at it as you just put that white ball into the hole. And so, yeah, th- his passion for the game. I mean, I I like it, but I just, but I totally get why people, uh, it, it rubs people the, bro- the wrong way. So, I mean, he was a bigger. You can make a case he was a bigger story. His complaining was a bigger story than Morikawa winning, if you think about it. Yeah, I I think maybe in, not to in some n- senses. N- n- not I, to someone like me, but to the casual to person. like the casual person. Yeah. I I do think that because Colin Morikawa won the PGA last year, because uh, he's like this new up and coming young golfer, I think he is somewhat significant. But say had John Rahm won it, who finished third, or even Jordan Spieth, you know, maybe not as much. I think it's if been Spieth a while, won but... it, maybe that I, then I would I would I would change my opinion because Spieth is. The golden boy of golf. Yeah. If Louis Oosthuizen had won, then absolutely, like, that's, like, an afterthought compared to some of the other drama that you yeah. can point to, so. I, I just think, even though I think the hate is deserved and he brings it on himself, I just think it's gone too far. I mean, I, I remember when Spieth in the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach a couple years ago, there was a shot where he, he, he hit it over the green and he started going at his caddy. Like, that was a perfect shot, Michael. Like, what happened? And he got some heat for it, but he didn't get a lot. If Bryson did something like that, people would be saying, oh, it's verbal abuse. He should be fined or forced to withdraw or whatever. People would go nuts over it. And I just think it's, I just think it's gone a little bit too far. That's just, didn't that, someone that's just snap an iron over their legs? I thought Sna- I saw a video. Oh, of that. Tyre, Ty- if it's Tyrell, I think it's Tyrell Haddon. He he, yeah. he loses his mind a lot. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of like a funny clip that you see. But yeah, if it's a golfer like Bryson DeChambeau or even Brooks Koepka or just someone who's noteworthy, and I think it might be perceived in a different way depending on who they are. Also, I looked, I googled just because I, I didn't want to feel too stupid about this. By Google <laughs> links. links golf definition, since I obviously gave it a crappy definition of it, ninety barely gave it. Yeah. Uh, and he thought the word links comes uh, from the Scottish language, language uh, from the Old English, rising ground ridge and refers to an area of coastal sand dunes and sometimes to an open parkland. Okay. Kind of makes sense from what yeah. you're describing. So. Yeah. Because the bunkers are definitely a lot deeper. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would use the term links to describe that. Uh, like that's not necessarily what I would think of when I hear the term links, but I guess that that's good to know. Um, so I guess in terms of Bryson Shambo, we do have the Olympics coming up. He is competing. Do you think that him winning a gold medal for the U S would, uh, would change for him at all? And like the way that a lot of people perceive him? No, no, it definitely <laughs> won't. And I know why like, it won't. Just honest, not like, just no. that. Not just that. It's like a an individual competition where it's like who cares. It's, but the fact that Patrick individual. Reed was like Captain America for helping win the R- Ryder Cup and everyone still hates him, I don't think that it, it's going to mean anything. No, I, I I agree. It's all about the majors, or at least I think it is. I'm sh- I'm sh- the other stuff that helps a little though. It's not completely useless, but it's mostly the majors that matter. All right, that'll uh, wrap up our golf talk. So let's move on and let's talk NHL expansion draft. So 
at the time of recording, the draft still technically hasn't happened. It still hasn't aired on ESPN2, but uh, all of the beat writers are just leaking every single pick. So it might as well have happened at this point, unless we've been totally duped. And they're like, it would be funny if we throw out just wrong players for every team and then everyone actually will tune into the show. Uh, but like, I just... Let's talk about this now. I guess, what are your thoughts on this actual reality that they did just leak all the picks 10 hours before the draft? Uh, I I hate it. There's no drama involved. You might no, as well just look at the list. And no then sense. You're like, you all right, even... no reason to tune in. I would, I would, I would tune in. I, I, I honestly would. Oh, Not I definitely like a would. Not whole thing or anything, but I think I would tune in a little bit and see who they pick. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched the Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft four years ago. I remember watching the whole thing. I mean, the Penguins were the last uh, pick, so it was, you know, I had to wait to see if it actually was going to be Marc-Andre Fleury, which it was. But there's just no drama at this point. This is ESPN's first NHL event in 20 years where they can have people tune in, and they're just like, yeah, no, we're just going to leak all the picks. Like, Tune in if you this, want. This is, it doesn't matter. This is why I hate that NBC is no longer doing hockey. I mean, I, I have do you, some. Do you hope... blame ESPN really though? I think it's. I, mean, I, I think don't, the league no. office is playing a role. Like I, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I do want to criticize ESPN a little, but like I don't know if they they really are. Uh, no, I mean, I just hate that it's going there because I know they're not. They're gonna f f it up. You however, think so? Whatever, whatever it is that they cover. Yeah, I'm. I have some hope for TNT, but when it comes to ESPN, I have no hope for them. In terms I'm optimistic. They I don't care I'm... about hockey. They pretend <laughs> well, to care about hockey. See, I'm optimistic about it because I think they're actually going to start caring, and I think that hockey is going to have greater coverage, but I, I do understand that maybe there could be some uh, hiccups and growing pains early. So, anyway, the Seattle Kraken are going to be the 32nd team in the league, and they're going to start the season. And the way that the NHL expansion draft works is that every team in the league, except for Vegas, because they are uh, new enough as an expansion team, has a list of players protected from the draft. And then the Kraken will go out and choose one player on each team's roster. And when I say they will do that, well, they already did do it. Well, rather, regardless of whether you're watching it uh, live or not, because everything has been released to this point. So uh, our initial plan was to kind of talk about predictions and some guys that we'd expect to go, but I don't know if they really make sense to do that unless you really don't believe some of these reports. So let's uh, let's kind of start off, though, by talking about our own teams. So the Boston Bruins, they're, uh, they lost Jeremy... Jeremy Lozon. Po- Jeremy Lozon. I've never heard of him. Have you? Yeah, he was, he was their top four left shot defenseman sometimes okay. he played the, the the third line defense but so be, to begin the year yeah he was playing next to McAvoy and he was doing a solid job was he injured because I know but that's that the thing he got hurt okay. that makes sense why I've never heard of him then because he came their back defense got destroyed with injuries. he came back but then in the playoffs he got completely exposed oh okay so he did not play great but at the same time the Bruins Defense after McAvoy and Carlo are, are is just not good. I mean, Grizz looks good, but he doesn't have a lot of size. I mean, he's basically the same size as me. So that's the the Bruins need bigger D. Uh, to, to I mean, I I everyone could use bigger D. Let's be honest. But <laughs> yeah, do you? So are you not that sad about losing him? No, I actually. So it is not addition by subtraction losing Lozon because he was a second round pick, and even though 
he was not great in the playoffs. I did like him, and they, they, their depth is not good there at that position. And so to lose him, it's, I'm not going to lose that much sleep over it, but at the same time, I felt like it wasn't smart that they didn't protect them. I feel like it would have been... It would, I would prefer you can if only they... predict three protect three defensemen. So yeah, okay. So they they protected the right ones. So maybe I'm not sure if Swinney did enough to protect protect. Low. I don't know if is is it only three defensemen. I mean, I, yeah. So basically, way? well, you could either do seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and, and three defensemen. Any no eight. Like oh, oh, just eight total skaters. between forward and oh, defender. Okay. So you I'll, could you could do I guess at that point I don't know how many teams did that, but I guess you could either protect eight forwards and leave your entire defense exposed, or you could protect more than three defensemen. You protect four, but then you can only protect six forwards instead of seven, or four forwards instead of seven. Yeah, so. my mind is all over the place reading that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, they can only protect three defensemen. I mean, if they can only protect three defensemen, then they protected the right ones in McAvoy, Carlo, and Grizzlick. But at the same time, it, it kind of stinks that it was him that had to go. And again, not mm-hmm. a great defenseman, but at the same time, you you sort of need him since their minor league system, especially defensively, it just sucks. It's not. So there's no Sweeney, no guys Sweeney has done a good job with trades, but when it comes to drafting, it, it goes McAvoy. And then it's just a massive drop off to just crap. He he has not done a great job drafting. So I guess the way I look at the Penguins is in some ways the opposite in that they had a lot of forwards and it was kind of inevitable that one would be taken because there'd be someone left unprotected. And in terms of the defense, that would have been kind of the the preferred way to go. So ultimately the Penguins were always going to protect Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, um, Kasperi Kapanen, and Brian Rust. So it was just a matter of who their other two forwards were. And it came down to four players. They went with Teddy Bluger, who they signed as a restricted free agent to a two-year, $2.2 million deal. And then Jeff Carter, who was one year remaining, 36 years old. Probably unreasonable that the Kraken would have taken him, but I guess they could have chosen Carter shipped him off somewhere. So the Penguins were like, we're going to make sure that doesn't happen. And with that, they left Brandon Tanev and Jared McCann exposed, but they traded Jared McCann to Toronto for Philip Hollander, who they actually traded away to get Capan in last year. And then a 2023 seventh round pick, just a nice little addition there. Toronto actually left McCann exposed and he was taken by them. And uh, the Penguins ended up losing both McCann and Tanev because that's who Seattle is reportedly taking. So I I don't love it. Um, I wish that they could have kept the entire roster. But if you're going to lose anybody, I think it makes sense the way they did it. Uh, I was a big fan of Jared McCann. I was disappointed that he was traded. But there are a lot of people who said that they were disappointed when Philip Hollander was included in the Kasperi Kapanen trade a year ago. So I guess getting him back is something rather than losing him for nothing. Tanev is a tough one because... He he kind of became a bit of a Pittsburgh folk hero last year in the postseason. Game three, he scored the game winning goal. He's a very gritty player, but that's really all he did. So like if that's you know, he had his moments. I think he had sixteen points in thirty two games last year. So he missed a third of the season with an injury. So I don't know that it's um you know, the a giant loss. He is the kind I, of player I, that the Penguins need. I don't think it's that but like 
He's like a third line winger at best. Yeah, he's probably a fourth line guy. It's a little bit of a loss, but at the same time, it's not. No, and ultimately, the way it played out um, by losing both McCann and Tanev, the Penguins now have six point four million dollars in cap space, as opposed to having only two point two million, which is huge in regards to them potentially bringing in a great goalie this offseason. So, which I think that has to be the priority. It doesn't matter who your wingers and defense are. You need to figure that out. So. Uh, I'm certainly hopeful that they can make it work. Um, one name that I saw thrown out there was Philip Grubauer for the Avalanche. Yeah, he's I good. are they going to let him go? Or, I mean, I I don't know, but I, I would take him if I were Pittsburgh. Oh, I think he would be great. I was very surprised when I saw someone throw him out there. I didn't know that he was a pending free agent. So, and he's someone who they could absolutely afford with that kind of money. So, depends uh, depends how much I'm of a payday he gets. I would say. Just because yeah, well, he, he improved last year. So, Carey Price, I'd been talking about him a lot and like what could happen with him. He has a ten and a half million dollar cap hit this year, and for the next four years, like I didn't know that NHL contracts go that high. For that's goals. probably why Seattle didn't take him because mm-hmm. so the Canadians left him unprotected, and the reason why is because they figured Seattle wouldn't take him given they the thought contract. they would take their backup. Yeah, Jake or, Allen. No, like they they decided to leave Carey well, they wanted Price to protect unprotected Allen. because you know what? Like Seattle's not going to take this guy with his contract when they're they didn't want to lose Allen. That would be why. Let too, I guess. If they were fine losing Allen, then they would have just protected Price. Right. But they were willing to take the risk, and obviously it paid off. Which Price having hip surgery, I get it. He's thirty three years old, four years, forty million dollars uh, at least. But at the same time, I mean, he's just coming off a Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, you, like I think you can make a case for both. Taking him and not taking him, I if I were running Seattle, I probably would have just because if you're an expansion team, don't you want to build some star power and yeah, who like better to, Vegas who, did with Mark? What better Fleury. player than the guy who carried the team to the Stanley Cup? And I mean, it wasn't really a competition between them and the Lightning, but who who the hell is going to beat them? So he got him there. Yeah, so. the fact that he got him there is just already amazing. Yeah, and I I think like in terms of price being willing to go to seattle he's from british columbia his wife is from washington so it actually makes sense that he would be totally okay with that uh but i i, I don't know i understand the logic with the kraken being like we're not going to build a team just to sell tickets we're going to try to build a team that can be successful down the road and i i guess i understand that thought process but at the same time it feels kind of crazy to have the opportunity to take him and instead you get who is florida's goalie the Grieger guy, yeah. um, Cade Grieger, and then Vitek Vanacek from Washington. Vanacek's not that good. <laughs> no, so there's is so this roster has a lot of guys that I've never heard of. I assume you feel the same way. Yeah, even though I watched plenty of hockey, there there are definitely some guys I never heard of. I think Mark Giordano is yeah, their best the option. Of yeah, the and then Yanni yeah. Gord. And then Yanni the Gord, he's good. I I I knew Tampa would lose one of those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, like I, after their their core guys of the obvious names, I don't need to say again. Yeah, Jordan Eberle from the Islanders. Yeah, Jerry he was McCann good on their. The he's, Leafs, he was good on their Islanders. Penguins. He was good on the Islanders' first power play. So yeah, that's yeah. a good move. So I I do, and then Vince. Dunn they have the more Blues. names that than was... the Vegas. The fact that I can't believe the Did Golden they Knights really. The, I can't believe the Golden Knights made the 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 Stanley Cup that year. It's so amazing Dude. that. Because I think I think the Kraken they have at least names I've heard of when they 
in, in this draft, but the the Golden Knights there were not a lot of names. Yeah, I guess I guess looking back, that's fair because they're yeah they're, they're legit now, but none of those guys. They're, again, yeah. their second line now it was their first line. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I know they, they made that. Wrong. I know they've they've totally uh, changed the team now that they're actually proven to be good. Um, I don't know how come they're not in the. You know how you could take a player from any team except Vegas. And I know. I guess they're newish. I don't know. They're, it seems silly. So it seems silly. Already. I know, right? I think it's I guess, dumb. You should. I guess if it. Vegas has been struggling for four years, and it would make more sense. Exactly. Um, if they were the struggling, then it would make a, a lot of sense. Team. But if they were, but the fact that they're, they they've been in the Stanley Cup or almost in the Stanley Cup pretty much every single year. Yeah. They I, should be I able think to... it's. <laughs> I think it's totally fair to say that they should have uh, had a player exposed. I don't know why their newness, like relative newness, kept them out at this point. Um, Vince Dunn for the Blues is another one where it was, like like, it was always going to be him or Vladimir Tarasenko, which I guess. He's... So I mean, I mean Tarasenko is a better player, obviously, but but he's Dunn had... is a younger guy. He's had so many injuries over the past two seasons. After their Stanley Cup run, he's barely been on the ice, and he costs seven million a year. And Vince Dunn is a solid left shot D, second power play kind of guy. So obviously Tarasenko's better, but who would I actually rather take given the values of the two two guys? I would actually rather have Vince Dunn. Even I think he's a restricted free agent. But they can sign him to a deal. Yeah, exactly. They'll make so, it work. I, I'd actually rather have Vince Dunn given the value and the the health. It does make sense. I just know that was one of the uh, interesting ones that was being thrown out there. And, like, there were certainly a lot of players. I, I know Philadelphia left James Van Riemsdyk. That's a, a big name out there. And so they he's, he's always had Carson skill, but he, he, I don't know. He's, he seems he'll, – he'll pop off for an amazing game here and there, but – for the most part, he's a pretty underwhelming. Yeah, and player. I think I think I like what Ron Francis is doing because a lot of the names that you recognize that could have been taken, like maybe they could, you know, put together like a little playoff contender. But it wasn't like they were putting together like a true championship team. Obviously, Vegas proved us wrong and that it's possible to do that. But like they they would just be kind of it's, it's still off, unrealistic. Like, every team's like eighth to- best forward, fourth best defenseman. Like that's it's only going to get you so far at that point. So. I do think it's a good approach that Seattle's doing. Ultimately, they drafted 30 players, and you only have, what, 22 active guys. So um, I think it's 26 on the NHL level. So a lot of these guys aren't even going to make the team. Like, they'll just let them walk in free agency or whatever. So I, th- I think it's a solid approach that the um, Seattle is doing. But because of that, I don't think that they're going to have anywhere close to the kind of success that Vegas had in year one. I do think it's going to be more of a building process for them. Yeah. I, I'd imagine the same, but who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Some of these guys that we've never heard of, they could end up being I, like I, the next I highly big star, doubt the next William Carlson. I highly doubt it's going to be what Vegas did their first year. No, if you I had to like make a prediction, a, a miracle that that even happened. If you had to make a prediction on where Seattle finishes in the Pacific Division, where would you say? Probably, I would say outside the playoffs. I definitely think outside the playoffs. I, I, I think they're. I don't think they'll six. suck, but I don't. I don't think they're making the playoffs. Though. The the Pacific Division is really bad. Like the California teams are all terrible. Oh, that's so true. That they, point, they all they do all suck. Now. It's yeah, and then like so Vegas is obviously like they're the number one team, and then you have the three Canadians. Um, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, who are all, I mean, Calgary and Vancouver disappointed this year after making the playoffs the year before Edmonton is kind of the opposite where they made the playoffs. So then they, they get swept there. It doesn't like, even you know matter about McDavid. them. Like, th- yeah. They'll be fine. The regular season, but they'll just 
suck in the playoffs in the first yeah i mean I, in terms of like the pacific division it's probably the weakest division in the league so, so yeah it definitely does opportunities help. It, it for helps. seattle yeah. and then arizona oh no arizona's leaving to the central so um vegas the three california teams the three canadian teams and then Seattle is. I'm definitely, thing, I'm so. definitely mixed up of who's in what division. Just given the last yeah, season they, was the COVID year, and yeah, the totally Canadian teams are all in one division, and mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I'll admit, I, I kind of get mixed up of like who's in which division now. Yeah, um, are you excited about the NHL draft, like the official draft this no. weekend? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit, when it comes to NHL drafts, it's I'll, I'll know the the top obvious name typically there isn't one this year that, that's see that's the thing but this year there isn't one i yeah. mean i think owen power is his name yeah the top guy the number one pick but he's it's not buffalo who has a first pick he's right? not Connor mcdavid he's not uh not even alexis lafreniere i was gonna say alexis lafreniere who was fine last year but what yeah i mean he he'll he'll get there but yeah. not the best rookie season but yeah you would think i typically know who the the first name or two is but other than that don't know anything about NHL scouts or NHL draft picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the MLB draft is a very similar where it's some years you have like these bona fide number one guys. I actually did watch. Did I actually did watch the first four picks because All obviously right, they yeah. had the fourth pick. The yeah, Red the Red Sox. Sox had the fourth pick. The Pirates. I had was the actually first surprised pick. how that because everyone said Marcella Meyer was going to Pittsburgh. Oh, everyone I know. Said a Henry lot Davis of was going that. to the Red Sox. Right, and, then, and, they, they and then it swapped. ended up being vice versa. Yeah, I fi- I'm, I, to- I'm totally fine with that pick. I don't. It, oh, take I, the best I think player available, even though he's a shortstop great. and Bogarts yep. is their shortstop. I mean, he's they could put Bogarts old, at third. They could put Meyer at second. Whatever, they'll figure it out. Who cares? If Meyer, he's the best player in the draft, take him. He's he's not even going to be in the majors for like five years. Yeah. Like you don't. You're not concerned about that. Um, it would yeah, I mean, nice I, to, It would have been nice to get Jack Leiter because because uh, that guy's pretty good. He was really solid for the Rangers this year. I know he had a bit of an up and down season at times, but yeah, I I, I like the Pirates taking Henry Davis if for no other reason that they got him under slot and then wound up they wound up with four first round talents. They've already signed three of them. Today they signed uh so they, they took Henry Davis first overall. He's the best college um hitter, catcher, position of need. The the Pirates they have their starting catcher Jake Stallings, who's solid but he's 30 years old he's not gonna be around forever and there's nothing after him so uh getting henry davis is huge for that reason but then being able to draft three guys who are all top 32 prospects according to mlb pipeline they got anthony solomato who's a high school pitcher uh they already signed him he was the first pick of the second round they drafted Lonnie White Jr., who's an outfielder. He's committed to Penn State for football, but there's optimism that the Pirates will be able to sign him. Though, I don't know how that's going to play out because they just gave Bubba Chandler uh, their third-round pick. He's a two-way player, pitcher and shortstop, a $3 million bonus when his slot value was like 800 k So they went way over. So basically the savings they had on Henry Davis went to Bubba Chandler. But he's a Clemson football commit who's passed on Clemson to sign with the Pirates so even better reason for me to to love him so definitely excited with how that played out I'll admit I just watched the the first four no and it makes sense for the Red Sox there's no reason to worry about adding a bunch of talent future like that because I can just sign a guy that's the only way you're gonna get me to watch an MLB draft is if the Red Sox are in the top like whatever picks and then whoever they get whatever yeah hey I've watched the MLB draft more than I wish uh 
I could say in recent years because the pirates find themselves picking near the top. So, um, all right, that'll, uh, that'll wrap up the NHL draft and bonus MLB draft. And let's jump into five questions. So I'll get us started with question number one. Former Dallas Cowboys star Michael Irvin said that players who don't get vaccinated don't care about winning championships. Do you agree with him? So I'm kind of in the middle when it comes to this question because, I mean, you can still, you can get vaccinated and you can still get, you can still test positive for COVID. But it definitely, it definitely, getting vaccinated obviously lessens your chance of getting it. And I don't know it. At the same time, I if your chances of winning a game are ruined by a player just going a non-vaccinated player going out and to a public very public scene and then test positive and then makes it spread to other players unfairly. I mean, yeah, that kind of does hurt the team a little bit. We saw that several times last season uh, in the middle of the regular season with teams. And I mean, we saw the, the Broncos didn't have a quarterback. <laughs> they had to they had to play with uh, I don't even remember what his name was. Uh, he was like a practice squad wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't their entire quarterback room couldn't even couldn't even play. And a lot of the uh, the Vic Fangio came out and said he, how disappointed he was in the quarterbacks for not being careful. And it might, it might have sounded harsh, but at the same time, I I can understand his frustration. So. If I had to pick, I guess I would agree with him. But at the same time, it it sounds a little, I, I don't know, a little too harsh to say that you don't care about winning. But if I had to pick one way or the other, I guess I'll agree with him. But I'm kind of in the middle. I absolutely. I, I guess, I guess with why him. I want you to convince me. I no. I so I absolutely agree with him. So not getting vaccinated is a selfish choice. Whether or not you are you know truly at risk of you know death or hospitalization whatever which we all are in some capacity uh it's it's a selfish move because it's at that point it's like i matter more than the the rest of society well they're just saying in general like it's a public health issue that's what this comes down to it's in a pandemic with this virus that is easily spreadable and we have this vaccine that can slow the spread of it to the point where maybe we can get rid of it entirely or at least lessen the damage it does to us as a whole And when you take it down to the football level, yeah, that's a team thing where it's like, hey, I'm not going to do anything to protect the rest of you. I'm on my own. You guys can get your vaccine, but I'm not going to, and I'm going to hope for the best, or I'm going to believe in my immune system, whatever. But ultimately, one thing you said, these guys, maybe they're not going to end up in the hospital with COVID, which we have seen some cases of athletes really being hit hard. Maybe they'll be fine. They'll play again 10 days later. They're going to test positive. Yeah, Jack's running back, Quell Armstead. There, there are examples of he, actual he legitimately was affected. He had to go to the hospital Almost multiple died. times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it was. It's bad for some. Eduardo Rodriguez, myocarditis, missed yeah, the entire. He said he felt like a hundred years season. old with it. Exactly. Like there are a lot of instances where athletes are still affected just by being professional athletes. You know, peak health, whatever people want to say about them. Uh, that being said, if you do test positive for COVID, you're going to miss a game, maybe two. And the NFL, that to, matters because there's no matters. series. It's just one game, and if you lose, you're out. 
Yeah, and in a lot of these cases, if a lot of players end up testing positive, all it takes is one unvaccinated player to be able to spread it, and then if enough guys aren't, you know, if they test positive, whether or not they have symptoms, whatever, if they still have it and they have to hold out, all of a sudden your roster is depleted. And last year it was easy to say, hey, like these teams were reckless, like the Titans, the Ravens, whoever, but it's a pandemic. We're making them play a sport during a pandemic. It's inevitable that guys are going to test positive. Now I've, you have the vaccine, you have the protection. There's no excuse. It's I've, reckless behavior I feel at like, this point. I feel like so last year I could understand why some games would get postponed or canceled or whatever. I feel like now in any sport you should just push through. If you if you lose yeah. if you lose a portion Either. of your players, it's kind of like hey, too bad. You've had yep. chances to get the vaccine already. And yep. So I so that's why I lean. That's why I lean with saying i agree with michael irvin I, I but i don't know i remember when i saw this question i started googling stuff about it the first thing i saw was cole beasley disagreeing yeah, cole beasley. with yep. michael irvin. and i just wanted to be like you know what i'll, I'll take michael irvin's side <laughs> cole beasley yeah, i didn't even want to case. click on the link i'm just like you know what? i don't even care what cole well, beasley here's says. the thing it's beyond just like the increased risk of your team battling covid if you don't the nfl has totally different rules for vaccinated versus unvaccinated players if you're not vaccinated you can't be in the same room you're gonna be isolated you're gonna be on video like you're gonna be wearing a mask all these other guys are gonna have that opportunity to build the camaraderie together and you're gonna be on your own and if you're a player who wants to uh you know compete for the team and help your team win you're at such a disadvantage and that's where it comes from where if you're not vaccinated you don't care about winning championships you don't care about being part of the team you're going to say i'm going to be my own person i'm going to do my own thing and i'm going to have my own rules that i have to follow because i choose not to get vaccinated yeah. And I think that's that's a big incentive at this point. The NFL is pushing people. So I, I definitely commend Michael Irvin for doing that because I, I hope that people get the wake-up call and they kind of understand, like, hey, you're part of a team at this point. Like, you, you're going to face different rules if you don't get vaccinated. So if you want to really be part of the team, you got to go out and get vaccinated and your team is going to have a better chance of winning because of that. I guess one of the reasons why I'm trying to be careful as possible with my opinion is that I when the all-star break for baseball ended the Yankees Red Sox had a series Mm -hmm. and they they had to postpone the first game after the break because several players in the Yankees tested positive but some of those players were vaccinated and that's not all of them were though all wait say that again not all of the players yeah not all yes some some of them were vaccinated yes but not all of them were there hasn't been an example where a team that's been 100% vaccinated has had a COVID outbreak Every time that these happen, yeah, some of these guys are vaccinated. Like NC State, some of them were vaccinated that tested positive. Most of them weren't. That would have sucked if that was the game we went to, by the way. Oh, I know, right? I, Yeah, it was in Yankee Stadium, so that wasn't a possibility. Oh, that's but, true, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, question number two. Speaking of COVID, <laughs> rising COVID cases among Olympic athletes have raised questions about whether Tokyo 2020 will happen after all. Should the games just be canceled at this point should they i don't think so if they did i i wouldn't really care like i would totally understand it it's (laughs) it's getting kind of crazy all these players you know different athletes across different sports who are testing positive and it's like they're in isolation they might be back later it's just it seems like it's starting to get ridiculous and i don't know why that is such a huge issue i feel like they should have found better ways to go about this but um, you know, Japan is not 
very vaccinated. I was just about to say Japan's vaccination rates are not great. No, they're not. They yeah, they I mean they they're improved from where they were most of the pandemic, but they're definitely far behind the US. So I I understand reasons why they wouldn't want to happen and in the grand scheme of things, I'm not going to be all that upset if they don't happen. So I have the exact I'm not going to vouch for it. I have the exact same it, opinion but... where yeah, let I, it would be nice to for them to continue it, but at the same time if they cancel it whatever there's not even going to be fans allowed there's no spectators like that you know it, it's just it's just a tv thing like you're just gonna have like pumped in crowd noise again it's gonna be like a throwback to last summer and i don't know that doesn't sound all that fun i think it's gonna be one of the the least exciting olympics we've seen so which is saying something <laughs> <laughs> yeah if it does happen though what are your thoughts on the uh u.s men's basketball team and the u.s women's soccer team are you worried or do you think that they'll pull it out the gold I don't really know, and I, I really don't. I don't. I sort of don't care. Yeah, I, I want to care, but I, I just don't. Yeah, the. Uh, I mean, the men's basketball team dropping uh, a ton of oh, exhibition great. games, and the women just lost to Sweden three nothing in a group stage, like a game that actually matters. I know we already talked about the Bucks Suns, but how crazy is it that Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday they all have to get on a plane? to yeah to, right go to, to japan to now. go to especially for Devin booker how much is that why, why would any of them want to do that like if you're exactly if you're booker like you just lost i mean i guess you can get a gold medal and pretend like you actually won something and the finals didn't happen or if you're middleton and holiday why would you want to go to japan to play in the olympics wouldn't you want to enjoy your off season and you know celebrate with your team yeah, i feel like i'd be gassed at that point too well, i agree with that them. as well like immediately go out I there like, all right if you i were play. coach i would i would barely play them yeah, give JaVale McGee a ton of minutes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that that shocked me to see that. that yeah. JaVale McGee they they needed people. a big guy. But. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely gets too much crap from Shaq. But yeah, he's he's a better, he's an entertaining player. Yeah, but he's he's a good he's a good he's a decent player, entertaining to watch. But he's not exactly a, a starting caliber center. So that's why I was surprised to see his name. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, when you have a roster of 12 players, you wouldn't necessarily expect all of them to play a ton of big minutes. So maybe you just need a guy on the bench to kind of come in and give you a few good minutes here, but mostly just be, like, the the rally, you know, cheerleader type. So I guess that's what McGee's role is going to be. Always need a good morale guy. Exactly. Always need that that morale guy waving the towels. All right, number three, billionaires Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos have both embarked on short flights to space in the past two weeks. Do you wish to travel into space one day? See, I want to say yes, just because it's not really, it's not something that any, really anyone could say they did in their lives. I mean, outside of astronauts. Not a ton of people, yeah. And so I guess having that experience of, yeah, going to space, being a completely different environment, yeah, it would be cool, but what are my re- reality like what are my expectations of going to space space the only way i feel like i could ever go to space is if we end up in a world like i don't have you ever you've seen the movie wally right yeah where that where, would be a reason yeah. earth he, go, is he gets on the spaceship with all those humans that left earth and they're all jiggly and fat <laughs> where they got yeah, all these robots doing like everything that. for them and they're in this all in these nice seats mm-hmm. i feel like that's the only way i'd ever get to space is if we just destroy you our had this, to yeah yeah, yeah exactly if we had to, if i had to we we just destroy this planet and the only way we could survive is if we get on this giant ship and that i feel in like theory, that's that won't can... happen in our lifetimes oh, like i hope not I... <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years but yeah I, I i totally understand that 
that thought process. I, I've never really had a strong desire to go to space. Like even as a kid, I don't think I ever like dreamed of being an astronaut. It was never something that was like, like a a real like thought. I've said, I've said in the past, I think when it comes to space travel or NASA or whatever, I I just feel like it's a big waste of money. This. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I think space exploration is cool for a purpose. I think being able to go out there and like say like, oh, we're we're going to to new frontiers and stuff like we did with like the moon landing in the 60s and other Apollo stuff. But this, it, it, he's just going on a joyride. He went 350,000 feet. There's been there's been a plane that's traveled higher than that. It was, so I, I heard that. It was like, so the Bezos went 350. There's a plane that went 367. It was an air-launched rocket plane. So it's not like this was like a, a Delta flight that just went up into space. But uh, to me, it's, he just went up and down. It was a 10-minute ride just to say he did it. They didn't accomplish anything. It's I don't know. I guess it would be cool to be on it. But I agree. Like It's it's a waste of money yeah, they, for most of our perspectives. There's no way... Uh- that we'd ever go. The only way we go to space is if I don't know if they started touring, <laughs> if that, if we have had the technology yeah. to get that many people to go to space. See, well, a lot like of a people. Tour. It's like if you go to Mars, you're like not oh, on your back. left-hand corner there. We see Mars. As we're, as yeah, we're exactly. By. That's that's hundreds and hundreds of years from now. Yeah. You're not gonna ever participate in that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I have no desire to go to space. I also I'm afraid of heights. So recently, in the past few years, when I've been riding on airplanes, for whatever reason, I just I'm just like terrified during takeoff. I was never that way. I don't know what happened, but it's just the whole bumpiness. Like I'm like scared, like, oh no, we're about to go down. Like, I don't like this at all. I can't imagine that feeling would be any better in a rocket ship. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's strange. Like I don't even know why, but it's I'm always like that, and I never think about it until I'm actually like I'm in the plane, I'm like in, and then we're kind of starting to move, and I was like, oh no. We have to take off. I don't like this. It never crosses my mind. And every time I'm like, do I really want to ride on a plane again? I, I don't I'm understand not, it. I'm I was af- never that way till like a few years ago. I'm not afraid to fly. The I, I just hate the flight experience of just being with all so many people, especially now. If I were to go and get on a plane now. I, I mean, masks oh, on the, the plane yeah. now. Uh, even still, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that yeah. I, I hate the experience more than the actual flying. And then just seeing YouTube videos of people losing their minds and trying to open the door, and then you, know, <laughs> you, you see like twenty people trying to get get the crazy person from not doing it, and like that, I worry about other people more than the actual. If that makes sense at the all, the actual plan. Yeah, yeah like the actual, you know, the plane will get me to where yeah, I want to we'll, go. Just... But will these? Can I trust my surroundings? Is, yeah. is the thing. That's what I, worry I don't about. know. That's what I worry about more. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I've just had this like probably a dumb opinion, but that is my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) I uh yeah I'll I'll agree with that. All right, question number four. July twenty fourth is National Drive Through Day. Do you have any good stories uh, from your experiences in a drive through? I know Giannis does. But yeah, Giannis yeah. today he had a fun one. Got a Chick Fil A employee exactly. Instagram live with 150,000 followers. Yeah. So, I I've been thinking about this. So most of my experiences in drive-throughs are just normal. I order food, go through, get it. It's fine. 
sometimes it'll mess something up. Sometimes it's slower than I like. Sometimes, you know, whether it's waiting in line takes long, whatever. Now that everything's all on your mobile phone, like, you know, I'll just order on the app and it makes it even easier for me. So I don't have a ton of interesting stories, but there is one that stands out to me uh, that I, I think is relatively entertaining. So I'll go ahead and tell that one. So this is um, late March, early April, 2017. It's my senior year of college. And I had a self-diagnosed case of bronchitis. I was sick. It wasn't terrible. There were moments where it was really bad and other moments where I felt fine and just kind of go back and forth. I said it was bronchitis because I had symptoms that were very similar to bronchitis just from like WebMD or whatever. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'll say that. Didn't didn't feel sick enough like I had to go to the doctor or anything, but I, I was sick. I was not in a great spot. So um, I came down with it. I remember it was the Friday night when the um, the women's Final Four was taking place because I remember watching the South Carolina game on my couch and I was just like, I had no incentive to get up and go anywhere. Not that I was like horrible, but I was at like 70, 80%. So I was, I was enough down. I was like, nope, I don't need to do anything. I'm going to relax tonight and try to feel better tomorrow. Well, that night, Ben, our you know former co-host, recurring, current guest host, was having a like big like sleepover lock-in party at his uh, his house apartment thing that I helped him plan. So I was really excited about going to it, but I wasn't feeling great. So I was like, I shouldn't go to this. And he like he invited a bunch of people over, including our friend uh, Nick Heredia, fan of the podcast. I give him a shout out. Happy belated birthday, Nick. He um he went to high school with Ben. He was in town and. When I said, no, I'm not feeling great. I don't think I should come over. Nick was went out of his way to say like how upset he was that I wouldn't be there. And he really guilted me into going. So I was like, you know what? Fine. I'm not terrible right now. I'm just a little under 100%. So I'll go. And I hadn't eaten like a big dinner because I wasn't feeling great. So I was like, well, I'm going to go. I'll probably have a few drinks. Like, I don't think I'll have a ton, but I don't want to drink on an empty stomach. So I'm going to go to Wendy's. And I texted Ben saying, hey, I'm going to go to Wendy's. Does anybody else want anything? Big mistake. Because naturally, if you ask 10 drunk college kids, do you want Wendy's? They're all going to say yes. So I end up having to get a huge order. And basically, he's like, yeah, dude, just get like eight chicken nuggets, eight french fries. Like, that'll work. So I was like, all right, I'll get eight six-piece nuggets and I'll get eight medium fries. And I decided to go through the drive-thru for this order for whatever reason. I still don't know if it's because I was feeling sick or what. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go through the drive-thru and I'm just going to place this order. I'm going to see what happens. Kind of expecting them to say, all right, that's a big order. Go pull over to the side. We'll bring it out to you in 20 minutes when it's ready. Well, I, I placed my order and they're like, all right, come up to the next window. And I'm just sitting there and they're, they're doing their thing. And I'm like, huh, I guess uh, they're cool with this. They're going to come out fast. I guess they have a lot of nuggets. Wrong. All of a sudden, all of the cars behind me, like four or five of them start driving out of the drive through line and out of the parking lot because for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, this guy ordered a ton of food. It's going to be a 20, 30 minute wait, whatever. So all these cars start beeping at me, like you know, like asshole, like all this stuff. And I was like, "What do you mean? What did I do? Like I, I, this is their fault for just letting me sit here. Like I didn't mean to just shut down the restaurant for half an hour. I felt so guilty about that. And I, I ended up getting all my food. It wasn't even that bad of a wait. These people probably could have gotten theirs, but 
at that point I wasn't feeling terrible because I was sick. I was feeling terrible because I just ruined like eight college kids night by not letting them get their 10 p.m. Wendy's. And uh, everyone enjoyed it when I got to the house. It was uh, it wound up being worth it in the end. But that was uh, definitely the time where I was like that asshole who just blocked the, the drive through line at the crazy order. Yeah, I don't have it. I mean, I do have stories, but definitely not as eventful as that. Uh, I get I have a few of them, but you can. You could be the judge of what is the most eventful. Um, one story I have, it was me and another person in our fantasy football group. We went to Burger King one time. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, we both just wanted the vanilla shakes. And so I ordered, hey, can I get two vanilla shakes? They're both about three, they're about three bucks each. So the total came to like six something or whatever. And after I said, you're like, yeah, that's it. And I figured I'd hear that'll be six dollars and eighteen cents or whatever. But the guy the bur the guy working at the Burger King drive thru, he just randomly goes out, that'll be fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then both of us are just like, What? And like, no, nah, no, nah, it's just six six dollars and like eighteen cents. It's just having fun. And after that yeah. both me and my friend in the passenger seat, we were both just losing it yeah because <laughs> we had no idea <laughs> something like that was gonna happen uh-huh. and then we get to the the drive-thru window and and the guy was like you like that joke guys like yeah i pre- uh, we appreciated the humor he was a he was a super nice guy probably the only good burger king employee i've ever met since most of the time when i go to burger king it's slow and they get my order wrong a lot and whenever yeah. i've gone uh but yeah so the one uh great employee at burger king that one time um, another time I went to Dunkin' Donuts and I ordered a culotta. I don't remember what kind, uh, v- vanilla, I guess, or lemon. I don't remember. But when I got it, this girl at the drive-thru gave me my culotta and I was all set. And then after I was finished with it, I was about to throw it out wherever I was. And then all of a sudden I look on the cup and it has a, n- a phone number on it and it says text me back i'm like oh all right oh nice i got a, I got a phone number for a dunkin donuts employee that was cool yeah there um, you go that's i mean, a cool we, I mean story. not much after that i mean just a few texts yeah and other than that like that was it like didn't like hang out with her or anything but it was it was it was a good gesture it was nice that's a fun drive too sorry yeah yeah um other than that not too much else a lot of t- a lot of times when i go to dunkins though i'll, I'll i get free food because of they mess up your order that so that they'll mess up my order and they'll just give it to me for free or they'll a person in front of me will just for whatever reason uh order for me and, and pay for me sometimes oh wow there have been times where i remember one time uh there was it was between me and another car for the next spot since we were coming at two different directions and i decided uh-huh. you can go before me like i don't care like i'll wait and they've the the driver of the other car thought that was nice enough for to pay for me so mo- there have been several times where i've gotten free food from dungans because of yeah either wrong orders or other people have just been kind enough to pay for me pay for me and i've paid i've paid it for in the past too but most more times than the other the other way uh, i've people have given me free stuff more than i paid for another person and it's Sounds only like because weird. people are so nice that 
even especially at Duncan's where most people are cranky when they yeah I'm, I'm surprised that that would yeah. happen there because I feel like you know most, most people, people are the morning, cranky. having their coffee yet right yeah. like that's not the mood that yeah. you want to be in Un- sounds like it's your turn to, to pay it forward again then yeah so I, I most people have paid it forward to me at Duncan's then me uh doing paying it forward as well uh to other people so yeah I definitely should do it again yeah uh, like a like a midnight Taco Bell exactly. run just like make someone's life yeah exactly uh, yeah. I remember another time at Duncan's again. Uh, I remember I paid for my food, but I forgot to actually get my food, and so I had to park in the in the parking lot uh, at Duncan's. And I had Wait, to in the with... drive-through. You paid for it. Yeah, but I paid. Yeah, I it? paid for. So you just kept driving instead of. So no, I I got to the window, and yeah. that'll be whatever the total was. I paid for it, and then I, I once I got my card back, I got my drink, but I forgot my food. So then I when I left, oh, okay. I went to the parking lot, like, oh, I forgot my food. Crap. Let yeah. me go get my food. I've I've almost done that and before where I've drove off with like half of what I got. I had to go inside and I went to the front counter. I told the lady, yeah, like, yeah, I'm the I'm I'm the stupid kid that forgot my bagel. And the lady who I told it to, she just goes, Yeah, do you have the order from the stupid kid who forgot his bagel? <laughs> and the entire all, all the all the people just started laughing. I was just so embarrassed. Yeah. But it was but it was <laughs> it was funny at the same time. Uh, yeah, I mean you put that on yourself, I said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that that was I put that on myself so I have no one else to blame. Yeah. Um I guess you can decide which one's the most interesting story out of those three. Yeah, I mean that last one was funny. I like that. Um <laughs> just because you're making fun of yourself at that point. Exactly. Yeah. All right, question number five. So another uh, national day one. July 23rd is National Vanilla Ice Cream Day. What is your favorite way to enjoy the classic flavor? I'll admit I, I'm pretty simple when it comes to that. I just have the ice cream, and I I probably prefer it in a cup with a spoon, but I don't mind it on sugar cone as well. And then when it comes to toppings, I'm fine with... I, oh, I also prefer the hard version rather than soft served vanilla ice cream. I rather easily rather have the hard served. Uh, that's just me. I mean, not that I don't mind soft serve, but the others the other serving is much better than soft serving. And then when it comes to toppings, uh, I don't really put much toppings on it. I, Oreo toppings, whipped cream. Uh, if I get in a cup, maybe Reese's Pieces. If it's at Friendlies, <laughs> whenever I've gotten dessert there. When last time I haven't been there in a while, but. When I've gone that's, there, that's all right. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, because I know you are a big just give me a cup of vanilla ice cream guy and call it a day. I didn't even think you put toppings on it because occasionally, but is, not a lot. Right. My answer to this question with vanilla ice cream, the best way to enjoy it is with something else to the point where vanilla ice cream is just a thing. Like it's not the main part of it, whether that's making a hot fudge sundae with a ton of toppings or, you know, throwing it on a brownie or a slice of pie. Like that's, that's how I want it. Or how about when it's mixed with chocolate and a twist soft serve cone? I love soft serve vanilla and chocolate. Uh, it just, that's why I didn't react to it. I don't dislike I, that, I don't dislike them. I just prefer You prefer it hard instead of soft. Exactly. No, for me it, we have the exact opposite when it comes to vanilla. Like I understand that vanilla is a flavor. It's not just like plain ice cream, but to me if I'm having vanilla ice cream, I think it's perfect for Sundays because it's just like anything goes with it. It's just a, you know, pretty vanilla flavor if you will so yeah, i hate when people I, use the definition of oh it's oh, it's so vanilla like, i like vanilla. to me it's plain <laughs> yeah no i get it it's it's because it's white ice cream and like white is just like colorless that's that's why but 
I, I, I understand enjoying the flavor of vanilla because I do like French vanilla. Like, I, I yeah, don't hate I, vanilla French ice vanilla cream. I, I just, like a lot. I would never just eat plain vanilla ice cream. It just feels like that's boring. It's like something is missing. I would want a flavor in my ice cream or I'd want toppings or something on it. So, and chocolate it's crazy to me that well. you like it. Yeah, chocolate syrup, cherry whipped cream, yeah, little I don't, rainbow I, jimmies. I'm I'm totally fine without I'm I'm totally fine with just straight up the vanilla ice cream, but I'm also okay with some toppings. But I don't want this whole thing of like ten different toppings and a, no, all this that's chocolate. The best. Like, that's that's the best. Yeah, like okay, so we'll I just, love loading we'll up. We'll agree to disagree. Sundays. I mean, I'm insane. <laughs> oh, I know we would disagree. I, I'm on this I'm song. insane when it comes to food. I'm super picky, and the things I do yeah. like are probably yeah, you, you find gross anyway. Like the ketchup and yeah. mac and cheese. Ketchup like, and mac and cheese. I yeah. didn't want to say it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew I was just gonna point it out for you anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree with that, and yeah, I I whenever we go to friendlies, I would always get like a monster mash or whatever they call it, the mint chocolate chip with like the Reese's ears, and you, yeah, just give me a cup of vanilla ice cream. You know, all these fun <laughs> things to choose from, and that's what you're gonna get. I could be it's I I could be a boring food guy sometimes. Crazy, absolutely crazy, but. All right, that'll wrap up this week's episode. Next week, we're going to look ahead to the NBA offseason with the draft coming up, free agency, some trades. A lot of guys uh, potentially could be on the move this offseason, so we'll, we'll spend more time focusing on getting ready for next year. Maybe talk a little MLB trade deadline. What do you want the Red Sox to do? Do something. Addition. addition. No, no subtracting. Addition. No selling. Yeah. Buying. Because the team's yeah, good. I, I don't think they're going to make a huge splash, but I certainly yeah, they'll, they'll probably to make some moves. They'll probably pick up pick up some random sixth, seventh inning reliever who'll end up underwhelming. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot with them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely talk MLB trade deadline, maybe some Olympics talk, um, and then NFL training camp potentially with that underway. So we'll have more stuff to come next yeah. week. So for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corn Thanks everyone.